Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Rand Paul and Dr. Fauci today. Ooh, that got spicy. We're going to play some of that for you. We got Jeff Charles coming on talking about voting rights. We'll play you some Ted Cruz and... How are you going to handle how you've been lied to? All that's coming up on I'm Right. Welcome to I'm Right. It's time for some COVID communism. How do you handle lies? How should you handle lies? You ever see that movie, The Truman Show? Jim Carrey. It's not a very good movie. At least I didn't think so. But a lot of people like it. If you haven't seen it, just allow me to spoil it for you briefly. He wakes up every day, wife, neighborhood, job, and nothing's real. He thinks it's real. He has this house and job and everything else in this world. And he starts to figure out something's off. Something's completely off. And eventually they walk you through it in the movie. He figures out he's the only real person. Everything else is fake, an actor, and everything, all the houses. He's part of a reality television show 
that everyone else has just been watching his life. Everything, everything he's ever known is fake. His wife, his job, everything's fake. And the only interesting part of the show, I thought, was the discovery process once it finally sets in that everything around you is a lie. And the only reason I bring it up is not because I'm encouraging you to go watch a crappy movie. I'm bringing it up because, man, we have to do a lot of that right now. You do, I do, everybody does. It's time to accept that we've been given lie after lie after lie, and not little lies, big lies. Not little lies, like, oh, no, you do look cute in that dress. You definitely don't look fat. No, no, we've had an entire world of make-believe constructed for us, especially over the last five years, and we're going to have to unpack it. So we're not going to unpack all of it right now. Let's just talk about coronavirus. Let's talk about this vaccine. And look, again, I don't care whether or not you're vaccinated. It doesn't matter to me at all. That's your own personal medical decision. But remember, coronavirus got here, and then they seem to be shouting down and shutting down any potential treatment for it while Donald Trump was president. Don't you remember? They would censor out this medicine or that medicine, and this doctor would get deplatformed. And up, he suggested this. Get rid of him. And it was really getting creepy. And then Operation Warp Speed goes into effect. Don't get me started on that. And these pharmaceutical companies, because of a law passed by Donald Trump, fast-track what's called a vaccine, a coronavirus vaccine. And don't you remember they waited until the election? They waited until about 15 minutes after the election, and then they publicly announced, ah, vaccine was a success. We got one, guys. It's funny how that worked out. Anyway... So they announced there's this vaccine. And the second it stopped becoming Trump's vaccine and Joe Biden won the election, there was this creepy Orwellian push for everyone to get it. Everyone has to get it, guys. At first, they were trying to bribe us. Remember, they were bribing people with Krispy Kreme donuts, for Pete's sake. $100 if you come get the vaccine. We'll enter you into a lottery. You could be a millionaire. Potential free college. Get the vaccine. And remember, that lasted even less time than 15 minutes. That was about five minutes. And then, well, communists can't help themselves. Then they pulled out the stick. Carrot was here for about half a second. Then, boop, gone. Stick time, baby. And they started whipping us. Mandates here, employers, mandate. Get it, get it, or you're fired. Get it, everyone has to get it. You're killing grandma. Don't you remember? And don't you remember the justification for all of it was the vaccine stops the spread. If you get vaccinated and I get vaccinated and everyone gets vaccinated, well, then the virus won't have anywhere to go because the vaccine stops the spread. And in case you forgot how widespread that, what's that word? Misinformation was. Here they are. Vaccination not only prevents you from acquiring uh, severe illness, uh, but it we now know uh, with certainty that it uh, largely prevents transmission. My gut feeling is, is that this vaccines prevent infection and therefore will prevent transmission. But to see actual data like the one that is coming out of Israel, which has a significant number of their population already immunized, it's really reassuring. And I think having a vaccine that prevents transmission 
is really critically important. This is some of the best news we've had in a long time in, in the coronavirus pandemic. The idea that this is not just a vaccine that protects the individual, but that protects even people who are not vaccinated yet uh, because it prevents transmission. The vaccine not only prevents people from getting sick, it also prevents transmission of the virus from person to person. I mean, that's a short clip. I could have taken the whole hour tonight and just played you person after person after person. And let's pause here before we move on to everything else, before we move on to the CDC director and everything else. There's probably a 50% chance you're vaccinated. That's what the numbers say. About 60% of America is vaccinated. And again, I don't care if you are. Are you prepared to unpack that you've been lied to about what the vaccine did. A lot of people did it. A lot of people got that vaccine, not just because their employer forced them to or anything. They did it because the system, the cultural institutions they trust, told them time and time again, that's what a good citizen would do and get the vaccine and you'll stop the spread. And they told you that over and over and over and over again. And they lied. Either they didn't know, and they're idiots, or they did know, and they're liars. But either way, they told you repeatedly, over and over and over again, something that wasn't true. And they asserted time and again that it was true. And they said it was so true, you should be fired if you deny that science. That's what they said. That's what they said over and over again. And now, the CDC director, Walensky, she just comes out and just flat out admits something a lot of people knew to be true very early on. Um, our vaccines are working exceptionally well. They continue to work well for Delta with regard to severe illness and death. They prevent it. But what they can't do anymore is prevent transmission. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry, Mr. Producer. My earpiece may be falling out here. I would have swore she just said what they can't do anymore. No, 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 no. No, lady, you don't get to do that. They never prevented transmission. Never. Never once. You bribed and then threatened people all across the world, frankly, but let's just focus on America, that they had to get this. They had to get this to protect their fellow man. Be a good citizen. Be a patriot. And you lied. How are we supposed to handle that? And remember, they always change the narrative what they're doing. Because now they're out there selling. There's a Delta variant. There's Omicron. We're all going to die. Oh, which, remember the CDC came out and said, we recommend another booster shot, guys. Why? Well, Omicron's here. Well, that's funny because I checked the receipts and I remember we were told the vaccine, the original one, mind you, the two shots, we were told time and time again, oh, any variants that pop up, this will take care of that too. The vaccines that we have work against the variants circulating in the United States that the decision was based on studies showing that it is rare for vaccinated people to both catch and transmit the virus and that the vaccines work against the variants. Oh, like the good news, confirmation that the vaccines do work against the variants that we know are out there. The vaccines uh, do work against the variants. Additionally, we are accumulating data that our authorized vaccines are effective against the variants that are circulating in this country. That's funny because Pfizer's CEO, he came out now and admitted something else we all know to be true. Oh, that um, the three, the two doses of the vaccine offer very limited protection, if any. The three doses with a booster, 
they offer reasonable protection against hospitalization and deaths. Uh, uh, in, in against deaths, I think very good, um, and less protection against uh, infection. Now. We are working on a, on a new version of our vaccine, the 1.1, let me put it that way, that uh, will cover Omicron as well. And uh, of course, uh, we are waiting to, to have the final results. The vaccine will be ready in March. Oh, don't worry, they're working on another one. Now this one, guys, this is the one that's gonna work. Forget about all the lies you've been told. This is the one. You know, it's a pest control guy shows up at your house. Hey, buddy, I've got some rats. Can you come take care of these rats? And he shows up at my house once and says, I got, I got the rats. Not only are they all gone, you'll never have another rat problem again. And I wake up the next morning and I've got rats in my kitchen. And I call the pest control by, guy and I say, come back and get the rats. And he comes back in and he says, I got all the rats. Jesse, I'm ne- you're never going to have another rat again. You're safe. And then I wake up the next morning and the rats are still there all over my house. Am I really going to call the same pest control guy or am I going to just assume he's an idiot or a liar? These people have lied to you about everything. And because of their lies about the effectiveness, the politicians started their lies about mandates. Well, I'm never going to require it. Don't you remember? They were all trying to dangle that carrot at the beginning. I'd be pretty surprised if you mandated it for any element of the general public. No, I don't think it should be mandatory. I wouldn't demand to be mandatory. And no federal mandate requiring everyone to obtain a single vaccination credential. We're not counting on vaccine mandates at all. Those are decisions the federal government is not going to make. You're not going to see a central mandate coming from the federal government. That's not the role of the federal government. You know, at the federal level, I don't have the... uh, the authority to either mask mandate or or vaccine mandate. That's not uh, what we do at the federal level. Definitely not. You don't want to mandate and try and force anyone to take a vaccine. We've never done that. Oops. You know what? I'm glad glad Dr. Fauci was in that clip too a lot. Because there was a really interesting development. Maybe you've heard. If you haven't, you're about to. Jim Jordan, God bless him, and James Comer... They uncovered emails. You see, people have been digging through Dr. Fauci's emails. They've been doing these Freedom of Information Act requests and digging out his emails because these are government emails. You actually have a right to see these. And you know what they found out? He colluded with Dr. Francis Collins to strike down the theory that COVID-19 originated in a lab. That's right. The man whose salary you pay used his time, used his effort to collude with someone else to shoot down a theory that looks to be very, very, very true. And one has to appreciate Senator Rand Paul for basically just giving it to him today. You keep coming back to personal attacks on me that have absolutely no relevance to reality. Do you think anybody has had more influence over our response to this than you have? Do you think it's a great success? Do you think it's a great success what's happened so far? Do you think the lockdowns are good for our kids? Do you think we slowed down the death rate? More people have died now under President Biden than did under President Trump. You are the one responsible. You are the architect. You are the lead architect for the response from the government. And now 800,000 people have died. Do you think it's a a winning success what you've advocated for government? I would like to make something clear to the committee. He's doing this for political reasons. What you need to do 
is he said in front of this committee. You think your takedown of three I was, prominent I was epidemiologists was not political? You, you don't want me that to finish because you know what I'm going to say. And of course, Dr. Fauci did something American communists have specialized in. And I do think it's important before you watch this video to realize the American communist has mastered the victim act. They do this so they'll intimidate you into never playing offense, never going into attack mode, never calling them on their lies and corruption. The second you do it, you get it all the time. I'm offended. I'm scared, guys. They do this crap all the time. This is textbook American communism from Dr. Fauci. What happens when he gets out and accuses me of things that are completely untrue is that all of a sudden that kindles the crazies out there and I have life that threats upon my life, harassment of my family and my children with obscene phone calls because people are lying about me. So I ask myself, why would Senator want to do this? So go to Rand Paul website and you see fire Dr. Fauci with a little box that says, Contribute here. You can do $5, $10, $20, $100. So you are making a catastrophic epidemic for your political gain. So the you only have thing politically that, the only attacked thing your can, colleagues uh, the, and in a politically reprehensible the only way thing that I their reputations. Okay, you won't we, defend it. No, you won't well, argue it. I'm You'll just simply turn around the attack. Continue. Prints out a website. That seem like a guy who's looking out for you. We've been lied to about everything. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. My good friend Lee Smith joins us next. We have a lot to talk about. He knows about the permanent coup because he wrote the book on it. We're going to talk to Lee Smith about the lies next, but first. Do you own a home? If you own a home, there's a reality you have to accept. And I have struggled to accept this, but it's true. Your home title is not secure. I mean, I, I grew up in an era where the home title was a piece of paper. It's not a piece of paper anymore. Your home title is online. And these cyber thieves, they've just changed everything. They spend every waking moment prowling the internet looking for your home title. They hack into it. They forge your signature on it. They go take a loan or several out against it. They take off with the money and you get evicted from your home or you have to pay that loan back. You might already be a victim of it. You wouldn't know it yet. It takes two, three months for those eviction notices to start filtering in. Go to HomeTitleLock.com right now and put in your address. It's free. Go HomeTitleLock.com, put in your address, and see if you're already a victim. While you're there, I suggest you sign up for protection because they'll detect any tampering of your home title and shut it down like that. HomeTitleLock.com, promo code is RADIO. We'll be back. Are you concerned overall about the progress on the pandemic right now? Do you feel like your administration is not meeting the targets it needs to meet? Well, I am concerned about the pandemic just because it worldwide is not slowing up very much. And uh, thank God what we've been able to do is I'm able just for stupid, I've been able to uh, generate significant federal help in terms of folks both coming into the hospitals and administering all the help that these states need. That's what we're doing now, but I'm confident we're on the right track. Thank you all. 
I love Joe Biden calling the mask stupid just because he doesn't have the brain function to stop himself from being honest. Joining me now is my friend Lee Smith. He's, of course, an amazing columnist with Tablet and Epic Times and author of the book you should be buying called The Permanent Coup. Lee, America. The pandemic narrative seems to be changing awfully fast. I, w I won't say they're retreating, but it almost seems like they're backing off. Are you getting that feel? I think they're breaking, they're splitting in different parts. We've seen it before, so I'm, I'm hopeful that this will finally break it. But remember, I mean, there are state and local authorities, uh, <laughs> Democratic Party officials who have different interests than the president of the United States his administration and the rest of the faction that he runs out of the White House. So, yeah, I hope that their varying interests um, force this thing to break wide open. Joe Biden, obviously he's flailing. That's not exactly news. We don't need, even need to go into his mental health, but he's not a popular president at this point in time. Kamala Harris is even less popular, unsurprisingly. <laughs> they do have a midterm, and I don't think these are the kind of people who just shrug their shoulders and say, oh, well, we're going to lose. We'll get them next yeah. time. Lee, what am I not seeing? What are they planning? Oh, yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. You've made that point on social media, and I think it's very, very important. You're right. These are the people, these are the people who targeted uh, the Donald Trump campaign, ran serial operations against President Trump, uh, his key aides, and now Trump supporters with January, with his so-called January 6th insurrection. These people have been running operation after operation, right? They're not going to roll over and say, oh, well, I guess we missed it. I, I guess we messed it up. We did everything we could to organize the 2020 election on our behalf, but I guess 2022, we got to play this. We got to play this one straight. So no one go to the press and tell them to, uh, you know, tell, tell them to hide the bad information about Hunter Biden. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely correct. They're going to be running stuff up through the uh, up through uh, up through the midterms and beyond. It's not a secret that there's a lot of dangerous stuff going on right now in America. In my personal opinion, mm -hmm. the FBI becoming the enforcement arm of the Democratic Party is possibly the most dangerous just because of all the secret police, state police, I mean, atrocities that have taken place throughout history. That's a really, really, really big yeah. deal. Here was Ted Cruz with Jill Sanborn of the FBI today. I want to turn to the FBI. How many FBI agents or confidential informants actively participated in the events of January 6th? No. Sir, I'm sure you can appreciate that I can't go into the specifics of sources and methods. Uh, Did any FBI agents or confidential informants actively participate in the events of January 6th? Yes or no? Sir, I can't, I can't answer that. Did any FBI agents or confidential informants commit crimes of violence on January 6th? I can't answer that, sir. Did any FBI agents any F or FBI informants actively encourage and incite crimes of violence on January 6th? Sir, I can't answer that. Uh, Lee, that doesn't look good. No, Jesse, you were right uh, last week when everyone was very mad at Ted Cruz for calling January 6th an act of terrorism. And you were right to ask people to lay off that sometimes people make mistakes. And so certainly Ted Cruz redeemed himself today 
putting those questions to the FBI. The concern for lots of people right now is what can Republican officials do about it? Well, here's one thing they can do. First of all, they can certainly keep asking those questions and in the meantime, gather evidence, right? They don't have the gavel right now. The hope is that next year, both the House and Senate sweep. And with the gavel, they should have a lot of evidence. Uh, They should be gathering evidence now in preparation for next year when they can start to open up investigations. And this is going to be a case that I think is gonna be a lot easier to investigate than Russiagate for two reasons. First of all, it appears to be a larger operation uh, involving domestic American agencies, number one. Number two is there were a lot of people there that day who were not with the FBI or DHS or whomever, and they've taken pictures. There is a document, an enormous documentary record of who was there on January 6th. And that's what senators and House members on the GOP side should be doing. They should be gathering that evidence as much as they possibly can for in preparation, not just for investigations, but to have all that information to put in, I don't know what they do, create a database or whatever, but there should be all sorts of committee members throughout both chambers accumulating as much evidence as they can. And two great places to start would be with journalists Julie Kelly and Darren Beatty, who have done incredible reporting on this. I'll say one more thing about the uh, one more thing about about Senator Cruz today. I think that he's shown something that this is a little I'm, I'm going with a little uh, oppositional take here. I think the FBI's position is extremely weak. I think you're right. They're acting as the Praetorian Guard for the Biden administration. Here's the problem with Praetorian Guards. You have to stay close to the palace to protect the palace. Once you extend your supply lines too far out, every Praetorian Guard is in trouble. Let's remember, this organization is not that large. If they've decided that they're gonna declare war on the American people, that's bad news for them. I, I, I strongly, I hope very much the FBI will reconsider the actions they've taken against the American public, now the last five years at least. Lee, how can they be reformed? Can we actually get in there and reform it? Because I'm sorry, this goes way beyond Christopher Ray, who uh, sadly is yeah. a Trump appointee, but this goes way beyond Christopher Ray. This is several levels down. It looks like complete rot from top to bottom. I'm told all the time, well, it's just a, it's just a leadership, the good men and women on the ground. Lee, where are they? Yeah, no, it can't be reformed. It can't be reformed. This is an institution that probably never should have started. And we see that in its uh, in its genes. Uh, it was a problem with J. Edgar Hoover, who used it as his own private fiefdom to collect intelligence on rivals, anyone who wanted to take power away from him. And we see that this is the same thing that's going on right now. It is an institution that cannot be reformed. And I think there are different ways for red state governors, uh, red state legislatures should be looking for different ways to curtail federal law and uh, uh, certainly limit federal law enforcement authorities within their own areas. I think that's a good way to start, but I agree. This is an organization that cannot be reformed. I love that idea. I love the idea of the states going after this too and getting rid of the Capitol Police offices they want to be opening all over the country. Sorry, that's just a little too far for me. But uh, Paul Sperry, Real uh, Real Clear Investigations, He talks about how the cop who killed Ashley Babbitt was cleared of any wrongdoing at all. Lee, I I try to judge every one of these police encounter videos on its own. I don't automatically take the cop's side. I don't automatically take the crook's side. 
Lee, someone's going to have to explain me how a woman unarmed with cops standing behind her warrants getting shot in the neck in that situation and the guy just gets off scot-free. How does that happen? Right. It's a disgrace. Right. We see that there, you know, Paul, Paul Sperry's piece is excellent. He shows that the guy wasn't even questioned by U.S. Capitol Police, by FBI and DOJ, and by the Metro Police Department. It's disgraceful, right? The the toughest questions were put to him by Lester Holt on NBC in a softball interview. That's the toughest, those are the toughest questions that have been put to this guy. Again, look, I think it's fair that any police officer who kills an unarmed civilian, right, they should have to answer questions, if not be charged. They should at least have to answer questions. And the fact that this guy was cleared is 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 disgraceful. Astonishing. Lee Smith, everyone, go buy that book, The Permanent Coup. Lee, thank you so much, my brother. Thank you, Jesse. See you soon. See you soon. Guy's sharp, man. All right, we got Jeff Charles joining us next. We're going to talk about primaries, Stacey Abrams, Michelle Obama, and much, much more, but first... Are you insurance shopping? It sucks. I've always hated it, and I've had to do it so much just because of how I've bounced around so much. I I hated it. I'm so happy I discovered One Share Health, not just because it's a faith-based insurance group, because they make it easy. They have endless options. For me personally, whole family, whatever you need, dental, vision, whatever you need, 24-7 telemedicine, they put it all right out there for you. Their prices are outstanding. Their coverage is awesome. It's just... It's my one-stop shop now. And if you go to my.onesharehealth.com slash Kelly and use the promo code Jesse Kelly, you actually get 75 bucks off your enrollment fee. Oh, did I mention 5% of your monthly? It goes to Camp Hope and the PTSD Foundation helping veterans get back on their feet. Like I said, this is a wonderful group. My.onesharehealth.com slash Kelly, promo code Jesse Kelly. We'll be back. They want to make this country into a banana republic, where if you don't get your way, you change the rules. The legislative filibuster should stay there, and I, I, I will personally uh, resist efforts to get rid of it. I'm committed to never voting to change the legislative filibuster. That would be the end of the Senate. It raises problems that are more damaging than the problems that exist. You cannot change the rules in the middle of the game because you do not like the outcome. You're going to throw the entire Congress into chaos and nothing will get done. Change the rules in midstream to wash away 200 years of history. Nothing at all will get done. I don't think that we ought to be coming in willy-nilly and and, uh, changing the rules. You can't change the rules in the middle of the game. Ideologues in the Senate want to turn what the founding fathers called the cooling saucer of democracy into the rubber stamp of dictatorship. Man, that sounds pretty forceful. I don't think we should change the filibuster. Joining me now, my friend Jeff Charles. He's a contributor to Red State and Liberty Nation, also co-host of the Red and Black Show. Jeff, it's so funny. I mean, that was yesterday, but today I hear things like Chuck Schumer wants to keep the Senate in town specifically so he can change the filibuster. Jeff, I'm so confused. What changed? Well, it, the, the, who is going to benefit change? I mean, but here's the thing, though. I mean, the filibuster is a relic of slavery. 
So if you want to keep it in place, <laughs> that means you are a racist and that you like slavery and stuff <laughs> and whatever other crap they come up with. I mean, these people just change depending on what benefits them. It's, 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 it's absolutely absurd. And President Biden is supposed to be coming out today talking about how he supports changing the filibuster so that they can ram through their voting rights legislation, even though it's completely unnecessary. So yeah, this is the ultimate act of hypocrisy. And it's not surprising. This is what we've come to expect from the far left. It is what we've come to expect. What I can't figure out, Jeff, is if they're serious. Because they, the, the far left knows they have a base problem. Their base are a bunch of radical nutjob communists, and they have to do something to placate them. So sometimes they do these things they know are going to fail just to, so that it looks like they're trying to do something. Is this? Do you think this is a genuine effort to get rid of the filibuster, or is this just patting the little communists on the head? You know, yeah, I think a lot of this is theater, Jesse. I think they are trying to throw a bone to their far left base. Um, I think that they would, if they could do it, they would. But in this case, they know it's not going to happen. I mean, you've got Senators Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema. They've already said that they have no intention of changing the filibuster rules. So this is already dead in the water. This is a lot of posturing. It's pageantry. And again, I, I don't think they're really fooling anybody, except maybe their base. Except maybe their base. You know, there's something else brewing out there, and I'm confused about it. I'm going to play a little video for you. Apparently, Stacey Abrams gave Biden and Harris the stiff arm. Politicians show up with presidents when they have 52% approval ratings. Politicians don't show up with presidents when their approval ratings may be in the 30s in a state where they or want to be elected governor. Or there's another reason. I find it fascinating, and it speaks less to Stacey Abrams, it really does, than it does what she perceives Joe Biden's political standing to be in the state of Georgia right now. That she's not showing up in an event that was custom-made for Okay, Stacey Abrams stiffs Joe Biden and Kamala Harris because they were giving a voting rights speech and she had a scheduling conflict, which everyone knows is a bunch of crap. She blew them off. What I can't figure out is Stacey Abrams, Jeff. Not that I'm a fan, but I've always thought she was more capable than people on the right give her credit for. I think she's got some charisma. Frankly, she makes me a little bit nervous. Unpack this woman for me. Yeah, well, Jesse, if she makes you nervous, that means you're paying attention. That means you are a wise person because she should make all of us nervous. You know, the, our response to her has always been to, you know, to make fun of her, make fun of her looks or whatever. Yeah, that's stupid. We were making fun of her looks and then she kicked our asses in Georgia in 2020. So, yeah, we need to be watching out for what she's doing because she is very effective. She knows what she's doing. She is very well liked. I mean, she's running for re-election for a, a Georgia governor, as you know, since she won the first time and it was just taken away from her. So now she plans to get it legitimately, maybe. But here, but we would be very foolish to sleep on Stacey Abrams. We need to take this woman and her whole crew very seriously, and Republicans better have an answer for this in Georgia, or else it's going to get worse. Jeff, explain Georgia itself. People think of it as a red state because it traditionally has been. Well, don't look that red to me, Jeff. They got two Democrat senators, Stacey Abrams, as you just pointed out, as a force. What's happening there? Have Republicans gotten lazy? Have Democrats gotten good? We got California immigrants ruining the place. What's going on? Yeah, you know, I still think that Georgia is a red state. I mean, they do have the Senate seats, but at the state level, the state government is still run by Republicans. Uh, most local areas are still run by Republicans. But that doesn't mean that it's always going to be this way. I mean, Stacey Abrams, what she made happen with those two Senate seats, that was nine years in the making. That didn't happen overnight. Democrats think long term. Republicans fail at that. So I think that 
the, the Republican Party in Georgia cannot afford to become complacent. And it sounds like that might have been a little bit of what happened. And there were other issues that affected that race, too, as far as the Stop the Steal movement. People didn't feel like their their voice, their, their, their votes would matter. But still, we, again, we would be foolish to sleep on this woman. Like The Republican Party in Georgia needs to make sure they were doing what they need to do to solidify their their positions. Speaking of the Republican Party, you wrote a great piece on Red State about primaries. I, 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 I screamed this from the rooftop. That's why I love the piece. I screamed it from the rooftop. Everyone's worried about the midterms. Oh, we'll beat them in the midterms. If we beat them with a bunch of loser Republicans, what good does that do anybody? Jesse, more of us need to be screaming this from the rooftops because I do think the primary, the primary elections, especially this year, are going to be far more important than the midterms. If we win the House and the Senate, but we have the wrong people in office, there will be no change. It'll be just like it was before. And here's the thing. We always complain about this, right? We always complain about Republicans making all these, these promises and go, oh, we're going to take it to the left. We're going to do this. We're going to repeal and replace Obamacare if you just give us the Senate and the House. And then they get in and it's like, oh, well, yeah, we, we were just kidding. <laughs> like, so, yeah, it's our fault. If this happens again, it's our fault because we are not making sure that we get the right Republicans in office. Jeff, the country, there's what people actually care about, and then there's what D.C. and New York, and where all the media is created, there's what they think people care about. What are, what are the top issues for people right now? Everyone knows I rant about shutdowns and coronavirus and education and things like that, but what the average Joe, I'm not the average Joe, you're not the average Joe, you're in politics, what's the average guy care about? What's he think about? Uh, the economy and jobs, education. They're, they're still concerned about COVID as well, but there was a recent study that came out that showed that for, for the first time in, in the past couple of years, the economy edged out COVID-19 as a top priority. So people are still concerned about this virus, but that's starting to wane a little bit. And I think over the next few months, we're gonna see the, the COVID uh, hysteria go down as far as the list of what's important to the average Joe. They wanna be able to feed their families. People wanna make sure that their kids get a good education. They wanna make sure that they have decent health care. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of things that, that the Democrats are pushing, like January 6th, you know, they celebrated the, the anniversary of that. Nobody's talking about that at their kitchen tables. They want jobs. They want the economy. They want to feed their kids. That's what everybody con is concerned about right now. Jeff, finally, Michelle Obama. Um, she is somebody very similar to Stacey Abrams I have always feared. I personally despise the woman, but I'm not under the impression everyone in America feels that way. She is popular. Mm -hmm. She has a ton of financial backing, and she just announced some initiative to register a million new Democrats. I don't know if you've seen this, but I saw it, and I'll be honest with you, man. It made me nervous. That woman is a force to be reckoned with. Again, you're paying attention. We should be worried about Michelle Obama. You're right. She is very well liked. And for even the people that don't like her, a lot of them still at least respect her because she can get things done. She has the charisma to make it happen. If she wants to register one million new voters, she's going to get it done. And we better have an answer for this. I mean, we have people like Scott Pressler out there. He's doing an excellent job going all over the country registering new voters. But we need more. We need more Scott Presslers. Like I always, I always tell him, like, if I could clone you, I would. But that's impossible. So we need more yeah. people who are willing to counter what the, what the left is doing. Because what Michelle Obama is doing is very smart. We need to have an answer for that. Very smart. Jeff Charles, thank you, my brother. Thank you. I don't have allergies anymore. You know that? No allergies here. For decades, I had that over-the-counter allergy medication you get from the pharmacy. And I always had an air purifier in my house because it would, it would mainly get my eyes. My eyes would just be red and itchy. No more. 
My friend told me about an Eden Pure Thunderstorm, a different kind of air purifier. Just a compact little thing goes right in the plug-in in the wall. I decided to give it a try. Of course, my son stole that one, so I went and bought two more. I now have one in my living room, I have one in my bedroom, I have one in my boy's room. So I have three Eden Pure air purifiers, but I don't have something else. I don't have allergy medication anymore because I don't need it. This thing is incredible. And right now they have a deal for my viewers. If you go to EdenPureDeals.com and use the code JESSE, you can get a three-pack just like I have for under 200 bucks. That's over $200 in savings. EdenPureDeals.com. All right. I have something else I need to say about Ted Cruz. Hang on. I want to turn to the FBI. How many FBI agents or confidential informants actively participated in the events of January 6th? Sir, I'm sure you can appreciate that I can't go into the specifics of sources and methods. Uh, Did any FBI agents or confidential informants actively participate in the events of January 6th? Yes or no? Sir, I can't, I can't answer that. Did any FBI agents or confidential informants commit crimes of violence on January 6th? I can't answer that, sir. Did any FBI agents or FBI informants actively encourage and incite crimes of violence on January 6th? Sir, I can't answer that. I know you already saw that. I wanted to play it for you again. Now, I do need to give a little disclaimer here. You know I don't usually do that, but Ted Cruz is a personal friend of mine. He's someone I know. Let me tell you something about Ted Cruz. He got crucified for something he said. You know what he said, you know, the whole terrorist thing. He got crucified by the right. It seemed like about 10 minutes ago, everybody was ready to throw out Ted Cruz like he was yesterday's garbage. Now... I know he's my friend, but you're going to have to take my word on this. We don't have very many good senators. There's like three or four of them. Most of our senators on our side suck. How many senators on our side have brought up FBI informants January 6th, Ray Epps? How many senators have you seen ever even have the guts to mention it? Let's start with Ted Cruz, and then it gets awfully quiet after that. And it's not just about January 6th. Ted Cruz, since the day he walked into Washington, D.C., has been challenging the D.C. swamp. Oh, you're mad about Mitch McConnell? Ted Cruz called him a liar on the Senate floor as a freshman senator. Since the day he got there, he's been going after them. This is not me campaigning for Ted Cruz. This is me telling everyone out there. If we're going to start tossing people out of our side, I have no issue with that. Maybe we should focus on the people who screw us over every single turn, not the guy who's been on our side fighting for the things we care about day after day after day because he had a bad moment behind a microphone. We have to be smarter than this going forward. We have to acknowledge where we're at right now. Let's just acknowledge this. Let's be adults in the room. We are behind. We are way behind. Yes, we may have the numbers, but that silent majority stuff doesn't mean crap when they control 
every single cultural institution out there, every pillar that holds up our society is controlled now by communists who despise this country and want to destroy it. We have got to form an anti-communist coalition. And I promise you, throwing out Ted Cruz because he said something you don't like is the dumbest freaking thing I've ever heard in my entire life. So let that be a lesson to all of us next time. If somebody's with us and fighting for us all the time and he happens to go on radio or TV or said it or something like that and says something that drives you crazy, yeah, yell at them. That's fine. They're elected representatives. They're not gods. They're not above us. But let's not go tossing the baby out with the bathwater. We don't have many people in that Senate who are worth a crap. Ted Cruz is one of them. I just had to get that off my chest. All right. We got light in the mood. Next. You may have heard the college football national championship was last night. And look, whenever someone in this society accomplishes something great, I just think it's the right thing to do for me to come on the show and just take a minute and congratulate them. So I would like to congratulate me because I'm the one who predicted that Georgia would beat Alabama. So good job to me. And ever since I've been congratulating myself all day and people were pointing out that I actually said Alabama would win and I said Georgia would win. And I just went back afterwards and deleted the Alabama prediction. You have to understand something. There's no limit to what you can accomplish in life if you don't have any shame at all. Just come down on the both sides of every single issue and then go out and delete the one that was wrong and then congratulate yourself for being right. Most people will forget about it and you look like a genius. Basically, you're never wrong. I'll see you tomorrow. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. 
Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.